0: Hi folks, how you doing? Hope you're well. Weather's getting warm. What we're talking today, we're talking cryptocurrencies. Now if you're somebody who's interested in cryptocurrency, heard about it, heard about all these figures going up, down, people are pitching you, invest, don't invest, buy this coin, get this coin, get that coin. Today's episode is a big, big treat for you. We're going to do cryptocurrency simplified
1: course reviews online we give you honest opinions so you can make better informed decisions for your business stay tuned for reviews discussion question guidance and inspiration and now your host known as the simplifier adam ali
0: we got today, today's an interview with a guy called Aziz from Singapore. Aziz is uh, really passionate about cryptocurrency. He's been into it for the last three years. He has a wealth of knowledge. He's got a really informative website, masterthecrypto.com. I'm going to have a one hour discussion with Aziz today and I will be taking it from ground zero upwards. So if you do not know, there's so many questions that you may you may feel embarrassed to ask about cryptocurrency that you think, you know, what are they talking about? What, what does this actually mean? What do these terms mean? How does this exactly work? I'm going to break it down. And until I understand it, to make sure you understand it right from the basics. What is cryptocurrency? Why it's around? How you can get into it? How you should buy cryptocurrency? If you should buy, what you should be careful of and what to look for in the future. I think you're really gonna enjoy this, especially the way I ask the questions in simple, simple layman's terms, so even a kid can understand it. So without further ado, I'm gonna start the interview with Aziz. Enjoy, sit back, relax. Here we go. Thank you for your time Aziz. Thank you for doing this interview. Um, I'm recording it from now. Okay Aziz, um, do you wanna just quickly introduce yourself, what you do and why you're a crypto expert?
1: Alright, so my name is Aziz and I'm uh, I'm the founder of Master the Crypto. You can check out my website masterdcrypto.com What I try to do is to simplify uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain as much as possible to the masses because uh, cryptocurrencies can be extremely complex and technical to understand. So what I try to do is to break it down uh, so that it's easy for many people to understand. And uh, uh, in my websites there's various kinds of content that I create Uh, from explaining uh, basic terms to analyzing uh, projects, or what you call ICOs, right? So, uh, I've been in the industry for quite a few years, and uh, this is uh, my niche or my specialty. Okay. How long have you been in this niche? Uh, I've been for close to three years. Okay.
0: And uh, yes right okay and are you um, okay what it is with crypto is I don't understand a lot of it there seems to be a lot of buzz about it now and um, all these ICO IPO invest this crypto this crypto this crypto this crypto a lot of people have been investing in it uh, people are going crazy in December with um, Bitcoin and the all flying up really high and then they've come back down so cool. I, if I don't understand anything I don't invest in it that is my strategy and when I ask some people, they just say, "Oh, just put the money in; it'll go up, it'll go up," and they don't know what they're doing. I'm not that type of person. So, first of all, um I seen a documentary on crypto, right? Okay, and it was about this guy—I um, forgot his name—the Bitcoin guy from Japan. That name, I forgot the the guy's
1: name. Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah.
0: yeah, and they don't even know if he's a real person or not a real person who created this, uh, this crypto, but Bitcoin. Yeah. But anyway, do you want to just first explain what exactly is crypto? And people use the term fiat. Fiat means normal paper money, is that right?
1: Yes. Fiat refers to the money in your pocket or your bank account, right? Basically, um, what they call it fiat is because it is not backed by anything, right? So your paper money is not backed by any gold or commodities. It's just just based on a trust on the government, right? That is what you call fiat. Cryptocurrencies is uh, a direct opposite, right? Uh, Cryptocurrencies are basically a virtual money. Right? And one uh, main thing why they are so revolutionary is that uh, I'm sure you've uh, many of you have heard of the term decentralized, decentralization. So cryptocurrencies are essentially decentralized virtual money. Right? Before cryptocurrencies, there's already virtual money. But why crypto is very uh, revolutionary is because it's decentralized. And that is why there's always the comparison between fiat and crypto. Because fiat is a central monetary system controlled by your governments and your country, but cryptocurrencies is decentralized. Okay. Decentralized means that it's not controlled by anyone; no one can control it.
0: Okay, and so what you're saying is, the government they like when you say the government control the currency. What do you exactly mean? Like for example, it's like in the in the US you've got dollars, in the UK you've got pounds, in different countries you've got different money. So when you say the government control it, how do you mean they control it and they don't control
1: crypto? Alright, so uh, if we talk about fiat or what we call paper money, right? Yeah. So the government has full control over it. What it means is that uh, they can they can print it anytime they want, they can reduce the supply anytime they want based on economic conditions. That's why you call monetary policy. That's why monetary policy is in place to regulate the money supply. So, But the main thing to understand is that government's have governments and the big banks have total control over the money supply. That's why it's a centralized form of money, right? For cryptocurrency, on the other hand, there's what I mean when there's no one controlling it is that uh, anyone right, in a decentralized system, every participant is an equal. There's no one person or one entity that controls the system, right? It means that no one is superior, no one is inferior, and everyone can participate in the system. And that is why it is very, it's not only uh, 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 an opposite of fiat money in terms of uh, ideological, but also economical and political as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is like, okay, I'm trying to make this really simple,
1: but if nobody's controlling it, how can we trust it? Excellent question. That's always an excellent question. Now, the, the principal foundation of cryptocurrencies is to not trust anyone. There, there is no one that you should trust. Okay, for example, if I want to send money to you, I'm based in Singapore, you're based in the UK. If I want to send you money, right? First, I have to trust, the, uh, I have to trust in the money that I'm holding that is backed by the government that nothing is going to happen to the uh, value of my, my dollar against your pounds there is trust in the government, in my money. Secondly, I need to trust the banks for me uh, to send you that money. I need to trust that they have my interest, they, they perform these uh, transactions with, with like, uh, the fullest uh, responsibility and, ethics and standards, right? So all these layers of trust within the system is a huge requirement for the monetary system in a fiat or, or paper money. But for cryptocurrencies, it is it is created to be trustless and it's we it's it's important to understand this because you don't have to trust anyone if you want to send one bitcoin from me to you i can just send you without trusting anyone now how can we then then uh, how can we like uh, trust that it's the money is going to be sent to you without any problems right so that's why bitcoin the underlying principle the foundation of bitcoin is the software Right. The software has its own rules and standards, uh, which is black and white. And decentralized currencies are open source. Open source meaning that that software is free, it's open, it's transparent. Everyone around the world can look at the Bitcoin software and validate its rules to see okay, if there's any flaws or if there's any problems. Right? And up till now, after nine years of operations, so far, there's not been any bugs or flaws or any problems. So, yeah, you have to trust the software in a way. But other than the the, the foundations of that software, you don't have to trust any other entities uh, to transact the money for you. Okay. So that's why it's a trusted system. So it's open and transparent
0: with the software. And yes. Is there any country like the software is based in, where it
1: resides in? Okay, so the nature of uh, I, I just released uh, the the latest article on open source, as in open source technologies on masterdecrypto.com. So that's a good intro into open source technologies. But in summary, open source software is a software which, for example, you can create anytime you want, and if you have uh, you know once you, you you put it in a public repository. Anyone and everyone can look at your software, your codes, to see if it makes sense or if there's no bugs. You know, it works. And once you display it, it's not you. You don't own it anymore, right? Because it's free, it's open, it's transparent. So it's not your property anymore. So, so there, it's no property of any entity. Okay.
0: Um, another question. I've got quite a few questions, and I'm asking them as a newbie myself. So, another thing is, okay, you know, you got Bitcoin. Bitcoin is currently valued at, is it near $10,000 now or something near that? Yes. Okay. So, $10,000 now. Say if I've got a Bitcoin, and I've got one Bitcoin, $10,000, and I want to go and pay for something, and I go somewhere and they'll say, This accept Bitcoin, and the cost of this service is $100. So, how do I pay with one Bitcoin for $100? Do I just pay, like, is it like the Bitcoin gets sliced into pieces and pays for $100?
1: Oh, you mean that hundred dollars is a fee in yeah. the transaction?
0: Yeah, I've got to pay somebody hundred dollars, and they say to me, "Oh, they can accept Bitcoin." So I've got one Bitcoin. So how does it work that I pay um, the Bitcoin for this fee? Because does that make sense? So do I just pay a percentage uh-huh. of the Bitcoin?
1: So I pay. Um, well,
0: does that make sense?
1: Right, it makes sense. Okay. So, uh, for example, you want to send. Uh, you want to send me money, or want to pay me for any service that yeah, I do. Yeah,
0: say $100, and I've got one Bitcoin, and I want to send it via Bitcoin.
1: Oh, okay. I get what you mean. So you have a Bitcoin which, one Bitcoin which is now worth, say, $10,000. Yes. But you want, to pay, uh, you want to pay for something that is worth a hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay, so Bitcoin is highly divisible, right? Meaning that uh, a single Bitcoin can be broken up uh, uh, up to an eighth of, uh, of a decimal place. Right, so it's highly divisible so if you want to pay a uh, hundred dollars worth of stuff using bitcoin it's gonna be 0. 0.0001 bitcoin so you just need to send that amount of bitcoin 0. 0.001 bitcoin uh to the supplier or anyone and it will just be deducted from your overall balance of one bitcoin
0: okay and how do i pay the bitcoin is it like do do i like do i go into some portal and divide it and then send you the code for this section
1: oh okay so there's a lot of uh, for example online wallets right there's web wallets or there's hardware wallets right so what you can do is that uh for example if you want to store any bitcoin if you have bitcoin it automatically means that you already have a wallet an online wallet, say, for example, that's the easiest, right? So once you have that online wallet, it will definitely show your balance, how much Bitcoin you got, for example, one Bitcoin. So if you want to transact, say you want to send to uh, a person for purchasing something, you just enter uh, the address, the wallet address of the person you're sending to, and and bear in mind, right? It's very early stage, right? And the wallet address, it's not uh, something which is very user-friendly. For example, the wallet address can be X Y one two three four uh, A B C high caps, low caps. So that it's a long list of uh, of uh, letters and alphanumerical line, right? So that is an address. It's just like a like a bank account. So you just put that address, copy and paste the address, and you usually uh, you will, there's uh, an amount to be sent. Usually, it's quoted it can be quoted in USD. So you just enter, for example, 100 USD or something like that. Or there'll be a manual, like, like an automatic calculator where you can put, for example, 0.001 Bitcoin and the equivalent USD will be there. So you just send the equivalent okay. to USD and you just press send.
0: And when I send, what do I send it to? Is it an email address? or like
1: what? Oh, Because I told you already, uh, when you want to send to anyone, you must input the address. So that address is only unique to them and once you press enter the one who holds that address will get that bitcoin okay. that you send. so is that is that um do they have to have a wallet as well an
0: online wallet and you send yes. it to their wallet okay yes uh, just to clarify what exactly is an online wallet
1: okay so online wallet is uh in simple terms it is virtual in nature like for example uh it's a web-based application right so you go to this site for example bitcoinwallet.com and there is uh, an account right so you can uh it's a user interface for you uh to for example log in uh and you know and is it, access your wallet through there is
0: it is it like say online say online bank that holds your digital bank that holds your coins crypto coins so i have to i have got a better understanding i have to go online open an online wallet and then if i buy a bitcoin I tell people to put it into this wallet, and like yes. a bank has a sort code and an account number, this wallet will have its own ID for me. Is that right? Yes and then that,
1: that- uh, but, I ha- I, but I have to clarify one yeah. very, very important a different uh, a thing, right So that web, for example, and any website, it's based on a centralized server yeah. i e uh, so uh, the one does, the one who holds that domain controls the website. For Bitcoin wallets, usually uh, the safest uh, online wallets are those that are not centralized. So what it means is that, in okay, the breakdown of a Bitcoin or crypto wallet is basically uh, holding, you holding uh, private keys. Okay, in uh, the cryptocurrency world, a wallet is broken down into many things, right? And one most important thing is uh, the private key. Private key is the PIN account to your bank account, for example. So that is uh, private keys, which is equivalent to PIN account. Are uh, the public key, there's two kinds of key that you hold, right? One is the private, which is your PIN number to your bank. One is the public key, which is the bank account number. For example, your bank account number is one, two, three, four, five. So those two keys are important for you to access your wallet. So if you know your private, okay, the most important thing is your private key, right? Okay. If Using that private key, you can open that Bitcoin wallet in not only this website, but other website as well Because that is the source of uh, where you store your uh, Where you store your money. So it's not based on that website That website is a user interface for you to access your wallet, but you can use a host of other Web, web, uh, web wallets where you need to input your for example your private keys You know, okay, and
0: so you have to but you have to have a an um, online wallet to be able to trade yeah. in Bitcoin.
1: Okay. Yes, you have to hide. But the safest way, uh, the most safest way is not an online wallet because it's uh, prone to hacks or anything, but actually a hardware wallet which is like a small thumb drive, like a uh, physical thumb drive where it stores your Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. So that is the safest because that is offline storage. It's not, uh, no one can uh, very little vectors to hack that thing. Right. So, so that is the a password. So if you have
0: like a USB drive yes. and then you connect it to your computer, then you connect yes. to a wallet and you make the information yes. saved on your portable drive.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's uh, so. Once you are connected to your computer, then there's a possibility There's always a risk of being hacked, right? But you need to send across your coins or anything. But usually. The most important thing is the concept of private keys. Private keys is basically your wallet. And you can use that private keys to log in using other web interfaces, i.e. websites, uh, which uh, can host uh, Bitcoin wallets. Okay. And
0: is it easy to open a wallet? Or uh, Sometimes I've heard that there's, because some people are saying very oh, very it takes a few days to open it. Some people say some, some, some wallets are like, is there any really good, reliable, reputable ones that people should go with?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the easiest, uh, the most uh, common is, uh, for example, for Bitcoin, is Bitcoin.com. You can open a wallet there. Uh, for Ethereum, is, uh, the second largest uh, crypto is uh, ether wallet, which is free, right? So, uh, interestingly, I've, I've published two, uh, both of those articles on how to open wallets on my website, masterdecrypto.com. You can have a look at, because I detail the structure, it's very easy. It can take you less than five minutes. Uh, because the whole nature of a decentralized currency is that you control your money no one else controls you have con- de- you have ownership over your money and uh, you know you have total control over your money
0: okay and um, when you open a wallet do you have to wait a period of time like days or something cuz i presume you have to put, do you have to no. put your id
1: in there with the, with the no, no no, no. A, a wallet a wallet can be easily created and easily controlled and managed by you at your own time because you are not depending on any service or any centralized uh, entity because that wallet is created by you. For okay. Example, right? So you control that funds. So if I go on, like, give
0: me the name of one wallet. What's uh, like the... Yeah, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin.com. I what mean, you com? can... And Bitcoin.com. Can this only accept Bitcoins or can I accept other...
1: Yeah. Okay. Good question. I mean, uh, okay, one of the inefficiencies of cryptocurrencies is that uh, most of the time, especially in the initial stages, one wallet can only host one cryptocurrency. For example, if that Bitcoin wallet, that you can only accept Bitcoin, or that Ethereum wallet can only accept Ethereum, that Ripple wallet can only accept Ethereum. But now you can see that there's a general trend of interoperabil- interoperability, and uh, especially for hardware wallets, which I told you is the safest, it's like a thumb drive-like thing, they can host a long list of, uh, of cryptocurrencies. Right, usually the top 20 so it's so, so like the, so where's the which one would you
0: recommend if people want to have a variety bitcoin and a few other main ones Which I wallet? would
1: definitely recommend a hardware wallet why because it's the safest when you say uh, you, you, have,
0: you mean hardware wallet
1: yes a hardware wallet is a physical representation I, it's just like a thumb drive. where do we get this from there's a special one we have to buy or something can, yes I will give you two options right the most uh, main two is a uh, a uh, Trezor, T R E Z O R, and Nano Ledger. So those two are the most widely used uh, hardware wallets, how do you and spe- you can buy them online. How do you spell them? Sorry, sorry? how do you spell them? Uh, Trezor is a T R E Z O R. Trezor. Yeah. And the second one is a Nano Ledger. N A N O L E D G E R. So what, you
0: can uh, you buy you buy them online and they get delivered to your home address. Yes. And then you yeah. use and you use them to yeah, a wallet is that is that the best way to do it
1: yes that's that's the safest way and also it's it's quite easy to use it's a uh, relatively easy to okay. use
0: and then they can accept m- multiple cryptocurrencies currencies yes that's much easier and if you lose that if you've got
1: bitcoins and if you lose that drive does that mean you've lost your money not necessarily because Whenever you have that now, when the first time you receive that uh, hardware wallet, there's going to be a, a 24-seat code, right, this, there's a 24 lines, uh word, right, which is like your private, uh, what you call that, uh, recovery codes, so if, as long as you have that, you don't have to worry about that because you can just buy another one and uh, re- use the codes to recover your funds. It's okay,
0: good. okay. And, you know, um, if I wanted to buy a Bitcoin, where would I go? Like, if I got this drive and then uh, I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to buy some Bitcoin, uh, partly for investment, partly in case I need to pay, make payments, where would I go to buy a Bitcoin online or what would I do? So, uh, usually, uh, there's... On I know the these, of co- my mind. These, these questions are quite newbie questions, but I know a lot of people out yeah. there, like, these are the questions they don't know about.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's true. So, the easiest way is to get them from an exchange. Now, the bad thing about an exchange is that it's centralized, it's controlled by an entity, for example, a company. So, but that's the best way for you. Uh, For example, you have to open a local account. For example, in your country, what is the crypto exchange that accepts your local currency? Right, in uh, in the UK, for example, uh, which crypto exchange accepts GBP? So if you identify, once you identify that exchange, you open an account with them. It can take a few days because it's contingent on uh verifying yourself, passing the verification. you must send in your documents. It can take a few days so once you're verified, uh, you can send your money from your bank to that exchange and you can start buying any coins that the exchange offers
0: okay, so what you're saying is you like you still have to go um through a U.K. system or a U.S. system yeah. to set this up to be able to buy Bitcoins?
1: Yeah, in your local country. For example, okay. in my Singapore, there are crypto exchanges which accepts my currency. Now, just when I talk about wallet, right? Wallet is your own personal wallet. It's not a country-specific. It's not geographical-specific. But exchanges must be because you're transacting in your own local currency. So, for example, once you've... Uh, open the local crypto exchange account, then you put money inside there and you buy, say, bitcoins and ethereum, right? So what you can do is that, what I usually advise people is to take out the coins that they bought in an exchange and put it in their private wallets. For example, in the hardware wallets. Right? Because that's the safest. Because if an exchange closes down or it goes bust, you lose your money. But, you know, <coughs> you have direct control by controlling your own wallets.
0: And, you know, the, the exchange... Like just say in the UK, if I go to an exchange, a lot of people buying these thumb drives and these other wallets, or they're just leaving them mainly in the exchange because what's going on in the market currently? Okay, the
1: there, there's two types of profiles of uh, what people in the crypto market, right? One is investors. Uh, second is traders, right? Traders are obviously the short-term traders. They they trade or a few times a day, you know. And if you are a trader, it's very uh, inefficient or very cumbersome for you to every time uh, to send money uh, the coin from your exchange to your wallet because once in your wallet you cannot exchange because that is like your wallet, right? So it's just gonna sit there. But if you wanna exchange it or buy you know, or sell it or buy it, right? You have to transfer it back to an exchange. And for traders, usually they leave their money there, right? But for investors, most of the time, they will they will just safe keep their currency, cryptocurrencies inside their wallet because that's the safest way to to hold their currencies.
0: And how long does it take to move it from the exchange to your own wallet or your thumb
1: drive? That's a good question. It depends on the coins itself, right? For example, Bitcoin, uh, it takes an average of 10 minutes, uh, for a new block to be mined, which controls, which has thousands of transactions, which can be include yours, right? So, on average now, uh, a Bitcoin transaction can take between 10 minutes to an hour, right? For, for example, for Ethereum, uh, it has, it's much faster, right? So, uh, within 10 minutes, I mean, uh, less than 10 minutes on average, you can get uh, your Ethereum as fast. Other coins have different, usually it's much faster than Bitcoin though. Okay,
0: and is there, so that's going from your exchange to your um, own wallet or thumb drive. What about when you buy from your exchange and you go to the market and buy bitcoins? Is that
1: quick to your, to your exchange? Yeah, Yo, definitely. No, because it depends on the liquidity. Right? On an exchange, what is liquidity? Liquidity is the depth of the market or the amount of buy and sell orders. For example, uh, if there are very few sellers like one like 10 sellers in the market it's a very illiquid market right because there's only 10 sellers and sellers you know there is very little market activity and because of that it can get very slow for example if you want to buy at a certain price which is not offered by the seller then you have to wait right but in a very liquid market where there's thousands tens of thousands of uh, orders buy and sell orders you can choose which you want and you can liquidate or buy or sell immediately uh, uh, spontaneously okay. it depends and on the market
0: say i open the exchange first of all how do how do i find an exchange in my country what do i just go online and type in cryptocurrency exchange and it'll be a website yeah, for example
1: crypto exchange uk for example okay. or uh, what i like to do is uh, to go to coinmarketcap.com, C-O-I-N, M A R K E T and C A P dot com, and look at the list of they have over like, th- like hundreds of exchanges that list, for example, based on liquidity, right? And you just uh, control F or find uh your currency. For example, if you're in the UK, then G B P. If I'm in Singapore, it's S G D. So I find which exchanges uh accepts my currency, for example.
0: And then when you open the exchange, do they ask for your like ID, your passport and stuff like this? Definitely. And you upload it and then they approve it after a few days like a bank and then your exchange is yes. open. And then yes. do you have do when I wanna actually buy the cryptocurrencies, where do I go then?
1: Is it in within the same place? Yes. Because an exchange is where there's thousands of buy and sell orders of the coin or a huge Variety of coins. For example, this exchange A offers Bitcoin, Ethereum, or ten other other coins. You can buy it from that exchange.
0: Okay, so when you're opening an exchange, it's best to check which cryptocurrencies they trade in. So they need to make sure you need to make sure that your currency, cryptocurrency you're interested in, is in there. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. Okay, and you know um so and is this the only way to buy it? Like i am um, or like um that's one way to buy it. What's the other ways to buy it? Yes.
1: That's the most common way to buy it. But the other way is using a decentralized uh, peer-to-peer or P2P, right? For example, uh, some of you may have heard of the LocalBitcoins.com where they match buyers and sellers together. You know, for example, if uh, I go LocalBitcoins.com, I open an account and I find any seller prepared to sell at the price that I want, I liaise with him directly. Right? instead of uh, relying on the centralized exchange, this is between uh, P2P, peer-to-peer, right? So, uh, you know, transacting or even uh, a huge portion of liquidity, uh, market liquidity is done at the OTC market, which is over-the-counter, which is institutional kind of, uh, you know, big, like if you want to buy and sell or transact with thousands of Bitcoin, then you go to the OTC market. But for us retail investors, usually the easiest and most straightforward way is go to an exchange. Okay, and
0: if I like go to the exchange, the prices keep changing every hour or something, is it? Uh,
1: every minute, or every second, actually. Because don't forget, uh, cryptocurrencies uh, can make you very rich, can make you or can uh, make you very poor at the same time. That it's extremely volatile and uh, it's extremely risky. It's in fact the most riskiest investment that you can invest in right so prices can can uh is very very well they can go up and down in a split second okay
0: and do you know okay like thanks for explaining all this this is gonna make clarity to a lot of people and we can give them some links to your website at the end where they can read more details of each article because people like and to me it sounds like not a very simple system it probably mm-hmm. will be simple once you do it and get into it. Yeah. But like from the sounds of it, it seems like you can go here to do this. You've got to go here to do this. You've got to open the wallet. And some people watching this video are going to think or, or listening to this um, recording, voice recording, are going to think, I need to do this. I need to do this. Is it quite complicated to do all these things or is it quite straightforward?
1: Initially, it can. There's a steep learning curve because especially as a new user or that do not understand cryptocurrencies, it can, be, it can get extremely complex at the start. But uh, once you get a hang of it, once you get used to it, you know what to look out for, then things will get easier. But the start is where it can get very, there's a huge, uh, huge stepping stone. Okay.
0: And has your website got articles on all these points, how people can do this step yeah. by step? Okay, that will be Exactly, done. yeah. Yes, okay. definitely. And, okay, moving on to the next thing, like trading with cryptocurrencies. Can you, what is your opinion? Because I've not invested in cryptocurrency. And the reason I haven't is, A, I haven't understood it. Nobody's explained it to me, like kind of like the way you've explained it. So I thank you for this. But the thing is for me, it's like, it seems like it's risky. There's too much going on, price going up and down. I don't fully understand it. People are coming at me, trying to make me invest. Or is it a real cryptocurrency? Is it an MLM? Like to me, I only think like Bitcoin, Ethereum, And um, Ripple, couple of these main ones that I've heard. If I was gonna invest, I would invest in these. Why would I invest in all these other like, you know, like this coin, that coin, that coin, that coin? Like, what's going on here? Like, like it seems like Bitcoin is like, is like the big ones like Barclays Bank, HSBC Bank, and you're getting all these little ones popping up. And I'm thinking like, I don't know who you guys are. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you twenty thousand. I'm not gonna give you twenty five thousand or thirty thousand or ten thousand. You know why am I gonna like? It seems to me I'll be I'll be I'll, I would be insane to be putting the money into these things I've never heard of before. So I only trust the big names, and this is what a lot of people do. And my, 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 my people ask me for someone's advice, and I ask look, I can't give you no advice on cryptocurrency, but if you are gonna buy one of my, I would probably buy myself and only the big ones because they seem yeah. reputable. Forget the rest.
1: What's your take on this? Exactly, that's a very good point. Firstly, I have to point out that it's extremely it is uh, to me it's on the border of stupidity if you invest not knowing what you're investing in right that's what i always tell people always understand what you're investing in right secondly is that uh yes uh there are thousands of other tokens and cryptocurrencies out there and people still engage in trading them purely because of uh, okay, there's two main reasons, right? Because one is it's revolutionary in technology. Secondly, it's a uh, profit potential, making very rich, right? Mostly it's the second case where people are crazy about. So, uh, for example, now Bitcoin is at a uh, $1,000, $10,000, for example. If uh, eight years before this, Bitcoin was uh, like cents on the dollar, right? I'm sure if you ask people in retrospect, would you buy Bitcoin then? everyone would say definite yes because it was cents on the dollar. Now, all these other new tokens and cryptocurrencies are exactly at the same place where Bitcoin was. So I'm sure many people would want to find that crypto token which could emulate the, the crazy returns of Bitcoin being from cents to now $10,000. So that is, to me, that is the fuel for that.
0: Right, okay. Well, that's not gonna happen with the vast vast majority of them because crypto Bitcoin was like that's that's just it's performed amazingly well. I'll be surprised if something else performs like this. So, you know, people look and people are selling people opportunities. Now the thing is a lot of people offer me, Oh, you need to invest in cryptocurrency, you need to do this, you need to do this. And you know what I just tell them go away, block, block, especially on Facebook, emails, a block, go away, go away. Because I think if they are telling me to invest in cryptocurrency, it's because they are making money from me, right? Otherwise, why are they okay. reaching out to me to have me cryptocurrency? Is this the case? And it seems like there's loads of these, they're like undercover MLMs now. People are using cryptocurrency for multi-level marketing to get a percentage. What like What's your take on this? Can you clarify some of this? Why are people approaching us to invest in crypto, invest in crypto? Is that the reason? Because
1: they're making money, MLM? The thing is... Uh with anyone, sh- okay, what we call that practice is shilling, right? Like just uh, promoting a coin for the sake of, uh, you know, because of really quick returns, right? Most of the time, they already have a financial incentive by doing so. For example, they already have bought the coin early on, so they just want people to buy so that it pushes prices up. Or secondly, it could be a scam or a Ponzi scheme where they ask you to buy packages and offers. You know, at the end of the day, is, you know, it's, it, it will amount to nothing. Right, So it is very common and unfortunately the market is unregulated, so these kind of practices are very common. So unless there's regulations, it can curb that, but up till now, uh, because of the sheer fact that you can make a lot of money in the crypto world, because of the fact that many people do not understand cryptocurrencies and what to look out for means that they are very, very easy targets and very vulnerable to people who, uh, who knows what they're doing, uh, makes this market extremely immature uh is very sensitive to emotions and very sensitive to uh sentiments rather than uh, fundamentals and rational and logic
0: okay so if somebody approaches me and says to me oh here is um oh are you interested in crypto i get i get like about 10 messages a week saying oh would you like to invest in crypto and i i always say no but if i said yes what would, they, what would be the next step? What would they do? Would they send me a link or something to join this or what, what would happen? Have you any experience of this? Do you know about this, what, what they do? Just so people can, out there, people listening to this, I want people to be careful and be warned.
1: Yeah. I mean, whenever you receive offers like that, right? So whenever you receive offers like that, uh, always take a step back don't don't uh, follow in the hype or sentiments always take a step back and evaluate for yourself now i know it can be extremely technical and complex for you to do your own analysis but but you can easily do a quick research for example if someone says okay coin x invest now all you have to do is just take 10 seconds of your time and just google coin x scam question mark you can most of the time you'll get your answer there right so it's it's very easy to have that initial layer without understanding too much, right? So always do your own prior research and the best way to reduce your risk is obviously uh, education and knowledge. That's the best thing, just just learning more about it, right? But most of the time, I won't take heed about people asking to invest in this or that, in this or that, right? Unless there is like substantiation for saying, okay, this technology is revolutionary, why? Because of this X, Y, Z reason. If they just ask you to invest for making more money, then red flags are all over the place. Right. Okay. So, if generally, if people are
0: approaching me on Facebook to say, or emailing me, or sending me messages, or um, would you like, do you want to know how to make money in crypto? Do you think it's uh, best? Just, it's best just to ignore these people.
1: Ninety-nine point nine percent of time, they are like just like worthless or scams or, or on these schemes. I take no heat on that. And okay. So
0: like. Um, are they going to try to take your money and run, or are they trying to get you to invest somewhere? Would there be like a link so then they will get a commission of how much you invest? Is that what's happening?
1: There, there's all for legit companies. There's also referral schemes like that. That's just normal. But for, uh, in my experience, legit companies do not. Uh, for legit coins, you know, they usually do not employ that kind of uh, marketing behavior or that kind of uh, methodology to do that right usually uh, coins uh, which uh you know have a lot of red flags they engage in this kind of stuff usually there are different uh, there are different forms of scams for example that coin itself uh, can be a scam so when you invest in the ico or pre-ico then uh, they run the developers can run away with your money right the one who created that coin secondly is like for example uh uh, packages, for example, Bitcoin packages or Bitcoin mining, cloud mining packages where you invest the money uh, thinking that you have a share of, of the pool, right? So that is uh, a, a scam a Ponzi scheme, a scam package, for example. There's also uh, Ponzi schemes, for example, where you invest in the coin then they will you will get a re- returns like dividends and usually it's crazy, like for example, a percentage a day you know when you know financially it doesn't make sense right so there are a lot of permutations of uh, scams out there uh, and most of the time i would say 99 percent of the time if they reach out to you to invest in something about crypto then uh, probably they are those are the forms of scams
0: okay next questions are ico and pre-ico what is all this about um, can you explain this and what's happened here
1: i wrote an article about that i comparing ico versus ipo right so IPO. I sure many of you have heard of IPO. Initial public offering is when a stock gets listed on an exchange and, you know, it's the first time it's going to be uh, traded on an exchange. ICO is exactly the same, but that's a critical form of IPO. Okay. Now, the main difference is that it's purely unregulated. You don't... Uh, there is no standards, there's no rules. You know, usually for IPOs, you have to sort of be established. You have to get a certain amount of uh, revenues, you know, uh, per quarter. You know, as have a good track record. But for IPO, for ICOs, it's extremely easy. I mean, we can write a a, a project paper right now, uh, 15 pages long, you know, and proposing a new coin and send out to everyone and say, guys, please invest in this coin. Is it's, it's just an ideas concept, and people start sending money. I mean, that's how easy it is to get and uh, to make an ICO. Okay, let me just um, simplify this.
0: So let's just say if I was with you, I could turn around and say, uh, Aziz, let's make our own coin, and it's called uh, Car Coin, okay, uh, Car Coin. Uh, and what we do is I say this is backed by cause okay, and then I'll say Aziz, let's launch a coin so we basically call this car coin and say i open a bank account called car coin with uh, barclays or hsbc just a company car coin uh, llc and then i say aziz can you write a white paper or document or something is this what you have to have and if you write yeah. a white paper yourself on your computer on word and then we say to people each car coin is worth one uh, dollar and it's going to go up and this is the initial coin offering and I just announce it on Facebook and I, and I make a website and there's no regulation. And then people and I say, if you want if you want a thousand core coins, it's going to be thousand dollars. This is the good price now. And I give it all the hype and I say all this. And then me and your partners and people have to put the money into my HSBC account. And then we send them like some do we, do we, and then I can take the money and allocate them a thousand coins. Is there any regulation or I can just do that?
1: There's no regulations. You can do it right now. <laughs> okay. right? But, uh, yeah, But the thing is, the initial capital that, that you get is usually not fiat money, but it's usually in the dominant uh, currency of Bitcoin or Ethereum. So you will get the Bitcoin in Ethereum and you send the investors your native coins, for example, the car coins. So you get that Bitcoin and Ethereum, you can, you can uh, convert it to cash in any other exchanges. So aspect. I can...
0: But if I wanted to, could I take fiat currency if I wanted to for
1: initial and un-cryptocurrency? No. Uh, Fiat currency, people do not like to accept fiat currency because once you have fiat, a new, as in you will be scrutinized, right, uh, from a regulatory standpoint, from a tax standpoint. So usually they avoid fiat.
0: Okay, so I could say to people, buy Bitcoin with your 10,000. If somebody says, yes, Adam, I want to invest in core coin. And I say, look, I've got 100 cars, and the cars are going to back up the coin. And I say, rather than give me 10,000, you buy 10000 bitcoin you buy one bitcoin for 10000 and you send me the bitcoin and then how do i create my own coins my cryptocurrency virtual what do i send them a code is that easy to do
1: yeah you can just hire anyone to just do it for you it can take uh, a few days uh, or how, even a day how yeah. much, So how you, much, you just <laughs> outsource that you just outsource <laughs> that work you know so yeah uh, some some people are offering uh, a profit share, for example, they take one percent or five percent of the total amount raised, or you pay a fixed fee of uh, five thousand USD or ten thousand USD. but usually uh, those people who do not care about the project or they just want to create something to get rich, you know they will just outsource this job because most more, so, more often than not they do not have the uh, technical capacity so to execute that. Campaign. When I
0: outsource the job, you mean somebody will do and make me the core coin cryptocurrency so then when people yes. come on the exchange they will be able to trade the core coin and they get their codes. That's what happens.
1: So uh, an exchange is a separate thing, right? For example, uh, okay, what happens is that you outsource that work to a smart contract. Usually we use a smart contract. Smart contract means that, uh, for example, if someone sends one ETH, he will get 10 native tokens automatically, for example. So that's automated, right? Someone... A developer will create that smart contract for example and you hire that person to create that smart contract okay. so at the end of the day uh, someone uh, gives you uh, for example one eth uh, they will get back 10 uh, for example car coins but you will get the eth that they invested in your wallet okay. in your personal wallet so this is so easy to do there's
0: no regulation yes. and so we no. could just we could just set this up next week and like yes say i could just say to people look I'm Adam. I get a following. This is going to be the new thing. call coin, you know, or give it a good new name, and we could just, as long as we're good marketers, and people are think that they sound good, and just say. And the white paper. What is the white paper? What like is this just something you type up on your computer and say? There you go.
1: White paper is basically just a document which states what that coin is, how it works, what it's used for, or any other relevant information for people to say. Oh, okay, this is an interesting project. It looks good. Blah 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 let me invest. It's just a document or proof of concept.
0: Does it have any weight in it in your opinion or not really because I hear people it, say it, it,
1: Yes, it does. It does. It definitely every time I analyze a project I have to look at a white paper to see whether it, because you can really tell whether a white paper is legit or not just by looking at that.
0: Has every cryptocurrency got a white
1: paper like Ethereum, Bitcoin, of yes. all of them? Okay. Because and, if they do not then it's hard for us to evaluate whether this, this project is legit. And what happens if they don't have a white paper, but they're still selling it? Can they do this uh you, you definitely can, but most people
0: will not trust okay you. and the white paper could i is it easy to make a white paper? Could I go get somebody else's white paper and just make it and take bits and sections and edit and copy and my sections there and then say there you, you go can. and then and there's nobody to check this
1: yeah there there's nobody unless they call it they call you out unless the community calls you out. But more often than not, people also outsource that white paper for non and
0: non-legit.
1: If somebody, company. like
0: say, I release car coin, right, and I say it's backed by cars, and Aziz is the expert, look at the website, he knows what he's doing. You say, yeah, I back Adam, and we just think, yeah, let's just get people's money. And then we do it, and we take people's money, we take, say, a million dollars in a year. And then at the end, we just say, collapse the coin, right? We can't be bothered, nobody yeah. buys the coin. And can I be prosecuted for this, or just say it didn't no, work? No,
1: there, there is there is no uh, standardized uh, uh, regulation to to keep anyone in check in this. Uh, that's why that's why the governments are sort of clamping down because this kind of widespread uh, unregulation leads to a lot of bad things Excuse for unawareing uh, investors, right? So it's it's not regulated, so you can get away. In fact, if you just uh many people just create like offshore companies and just uh, uh you know create incorporate a comp- company there and just uh you know okay this is a proof that we actually have a company right and you know so they can create that whole system where it's, you know it's uh, it looks legit but actually it's just uh it's just uh, the pen is to take the money
0: away all of these coins are out there and this is happening, these ICOs. And when, when sorry, just to backtrack, when an ICO happens, what happens um, once they've done the pre-ICO? What is a pre-ICO and ICO? Is that like trying to give people a cheaper price to entice them?
1: Pre-ICO, it's like an angel or seed round in a normal company before they go and on an IPO. So it's like a pre-funding. Okay. But usually people, uh, projects have a, pre, uh, a pre-ICO uh, to start, to kick things off. But hire new people, or create the base layer. Then they get a month, then they, they institute uh, an ICO where they want to take it to the next level.
0: Once you do ICO, it means you say, pre-ICO might mean you might have like, you might invite certain people to say only you will have the option to invest. Then yes. ICO ICO will be the market. Get in there now before it goes mainstream. And then after the ICO, what happens? Is it just like the market? It decides if it's demand or not demand. Does that does it end yes. there? And then, like so, it's just a buzz and a hype. And then say after the ICO, what happens? the The coin trades freely, and the market will decide if the price goes up or down.
1: Yep as with everything that uh, every any other valuable asset or community the market depends what is the price right so for example if the project uh, issues an ICO once it's done uh, the the community or the public or the investors will look whether you know are they following their roadmap you know or are there positive developments if there are then definitely the community will rally and push price higher because for example there's a higher adoption rates of that coin or of that community so you know it depends on the project if the project after the ico uh, you know like dies down or is very quiet that there's very they don't follow the timeline of project development you know then you can see that okay this project is not doesn't have any good future and people will start to realize it and then prices will go down
0: okay like and the project is like, say, if somebody says they're going to get a coin and it's going to be backed by, like, what, what, what are the typical things a coin gets backed by? Gold or what?
1: I know. Usually, usually uh, a lot of tokens or cryptocurrencies are just medium of exchanges. They are not backed by anything, right? There are a lot of few coins that are backed by gold or, for example, any other services, but most of them are, are medium of exchange within their ecosystem, for example, uh, if I want to issue a token where I offer a service, right? You can only access that service in my ecosystem using my native tokens. You cannot use any other tokens. So for you to access my service or use anything from my ecosystem, you have to use my uh, tokens which will push the demand for the tokens and which will result in a price increase. Okay. So that's how it works. And
0: say if I, like when I if I if, if somebody's going to launch a coin and how is the price going to go up then once it's being launched after the ICO what what's going to determine it do then people have to go and shout about it market it to get people to buy or are they investing that money in something else that's going up in value that's making the coin go up in value how does the what's the factors that makes the coin go up in value
1: the main reason for an ICO is usually for the project to raise the funds to uh what to To actually use that funds in the project for developmental purposes, for operational purposes, for safekeeping, for future funding, for marketing, for a lot of various, just as a normal business has their own expenses, right? So what determines its value? There's a lot of things. For example, uh, utility. What is the utility of the coin? Is is there going to be a use case for that? If there is a good use case, then in the future, when people start to use that coin to get... uh, a Certain unique service from that ecosystem, then you know there will be increasing in demand. Or if the the supply is uh, reducing constantly because of say burning right, then in economics, lesser supply means a higher price. Why? Right? Because there's less of a, of that thing to 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 satisfy the demand. For example, so you know it depends on the project itself. You know, are they uh, are they say Are they trying to do what they try to? Uh, what their vision to execute their vision? Are they having a lot of partnerships and collaborations to uh, take their projects to the next level? So all this takes in part of play on the value of the company, how the market perceives the value of the company. Okay, and
0: what give, can you give me an example of what the what a project would be of a coin? What would they invest money in? What What's an example? Have you got an example? You sh-
1: they don't usually invest that money. You, okay, for example. Okay, invest in an operational sense. For example, uh, they get the ICO money, they hire people, more uh, experts in their team to create that product that they set out to do, or that service that, or the infrastructure what, that they set what, out to do. What would be a typical product or service? Uh, a typical product or service is, for example, <coughs> uh, for example, uh, decentralized versions of the real world. For example, decentralized healthcare, decentralized uh, storage system, uh, decentralized uh, companies. You know, so it's more of a. There's a lot of things you can break them up categorically. This uh, like up to platforms. You know, the projects can be a platform based. The project can be a, an application based. The project can be a, just a currency which is backed by any other assets. There's different forms of uh, of of coins basically okay okay
0: and do you think it's too early for people to the the typical people are thinking they can make millions by investing in coins what is your advice to most of the people should they just be very careful what they do or should they just hold back yet because i've not invested because i'm thinking you know what it is i worked hard for my money uh, I'm not gonna risk it. I'm not a risk taker, like a big risk taker. I do take risk calculators, don't get me wrong, but this seems like you've cleared up a lot of things for me now so I know what to look out for, so on and so forth. But what is your advice to the average person if they've got say, like somebody may have $5,000 spare, but that might be their life savings. Somebody else may have $500,000. What would you advise these two type of people? The $5,000 person, my advice to them normally is, keep your money. Don't, don't risk it, it's too it's too valuable. If someone's got $100,000 and I'll say, look, you know, maybe try five, ten, fifteen thousand, but only as much as you can lose. What is your advice?
1: Yes. Oh, my advice is definitely, uh, if you don't understand, don't invest. If you want to invest, only use the money that you can lose. These are two main things. But uh, to me, as someone who's very passionate about uh, cryptocurrencies, Okay, the it's quite ironic because the first time I got into cryptocurrencies was because I read the white paper of Bitcoin and I was really intrigued by the technology. So I was pulled in into cryptocurrencies because I really believe that the technology was really revolutionary. it can really disrupt uh, life, right? But then as time passes, you can see a lot of people jumping in because they want to make more money because they, it's more of gambling and speculating rather than really appreciating the technology or even understanding them. So my advice would be if you want to really, really reduce your risk, right? You have to equip yourself with knowledge and uh, information and to educate yourself to really understand what you're investing in, right? Because to me, it's a long-term play, right? I I don't hold coins because I want to sell them off the next day, right? Because I believe in the coin, I believe in the technology, I believe in the potential it has to disrupt whatever they're trying to create, right? So to me, it's very important to have that mindset of a long-term investment uh, after you perform due diligence on that cryptocurrency or token. Okay. What is your anticipation? Will cryptocurrency overtake fiat currency one day? Oh, uh, that's interesting because uh, a few billionaires or millionaires have already, for example, uh, Bill Gates, he said that uh, Bitcoin is better than money or Tim Draper, a billionaire, he says that uh, cryptocurrency will replace fiat money by 2020. Uh, for me, uh, it can be quite a hard uh, assessment because for it to truly replace fiat money, it has to get it has to get a lot of mainstream, mainstream traction and adoption, meaning normal people like your mom and dad using Bitcoin. For, to think that Bitcoin can reach that level in this few years is quite hard. Because it can get extremely complex. Just as I explained to you how complex it is to send money or what or even a wallet is. right? So unless there is a widespread, for example, ease of use, then there will be traction and adoption. But unless it comes, then it can take a while. Mm. The guy who said 2020,
0: I, I wouldn't agree with that. I'll I, I consider
1: something too. Yeah, 2022
0: No I think it's going to take a long time Because from the procedure They need to make the procedures streamlined and fast They need to make it easy um, yes. Like for example This is my philosophy The iPhone Came in And went viral really fast Especially when they hit the iPhone 4 Because It's very easy to use Your grandma can just press it And work it out And that's what they need to do Make it easy Make it yeah. common Make it simple So people think Yeah this is easy to use I'll use it But it's not at that level yet. And I, I think, yes. this is my perception, what you're saying, the governments are trying to regulate it to probably control it and make it easier to use for the people but control it at the same time. The cryptocurrencies do not want the government too much involved. So this is the kind of problem that's going to slow it down from making it easily accessible. So, But it's a it's a funny situation.
1: I, I, w- I wouldn't really say that because uh, governments have their own agendas, right? But if you want to talk uh, purely about the crypto community, it's always a constant pursuit of making things easier. You know, we, the community is always in the pursuit because it, it's, I mean, the incentives are aligned. If we make if the crypto guys make it easy, in the long run, there's mass adoption, they benefit, everyone benefits. So they have an incentive to make sure that all of this is simplified as best as possible. And there are a lot of efforts. I uh, to make sure that all these are very, very easy to understand,
0: you see part of the problem for me is like like there's too many currencies. It's like in one go, you're trying to deal with u s dollars Mexican dollars, Indian rupees, Singaporean money, um you know um euro dollars pounds like there's you got u you got um what do you call it uh, ripple, you've got bitcoin, you've got this, you've got that, you've got that there's too many going on, and you just think, what's going on here? I don't know how it's gonna happen. What's gonna happen, people? It's, it's to me. It's just like a bit too complex right now. Too many currencies. So then you're gonna get the wallet. Then you're gonna to change to this one. Then you're gonna make sure you with the right exchange that they accept that cryptocurrency. Does that make sense? So it needs yes. to be simplified more. Can I ask you just a few questions? Because I've put this out in, um, in the group, and people ask me some quick, quick questions. Um, yes. Okay. Okay. There's some questions on one particular coin, but we'll we'll just. Um, we'll come back to that. What do you what do you think of mass coin, like the MLM coin? Do you know mass coin? Have you heard of mass coin? No, I've not. Okay. It's an MLM coin, then. then Stay away uh, Yes. What is the likelihood of Bitcoin having another surge in value, like we saw in the last quarter of twenty seventeen, which made many millionaires? What's your opinion? What's the, what's the possibility of that happening again?
1: uh Possibly government, uh, government involvement in a, in a positive light. For example, they ex- being accepted, uh, there's widespread merchant adoption. This kind of positive news will definitely enhance the value of Bitcoin. Uh, with crypto regarded
0: as unregulated playing field, do you think legislation will be introduced soon?
1: Very soon. It's only a matter of time. It's, it's just a matter of time
0: um How far does unregulated stretch? Are day or swing traders of crypto required to submit their gains to tax authorities?
1: That depends on the jurisdiction you're in. But if I'm not wrong, in the US, they they're already instituting a it's already taxable, right? But certain kind like Singapore, it's not taxable. So it really depends on the jurisdiction. You have to understand that requirements in your country.
0: Okay. Uh, what, I don't understand this question, what precautions should we be taking to safeguard our KYC information when signing up for an ICO? Uh,
1: KYC means, you know, your customer is when you uh, send your, your documents, uh, your identity information to an ICO because some most ICO now are instituting that because it's a legal requirement. So uh, in response to that question, there's very little you can do except to trust that KYC provider. Basically, yeah, because that, that information is, it, once you send that information out to the KYC, uh, to the KYC uh, processor or the entity that handles the KYC process, then it is up to them to, uh, to safeguard them. Of course, if there are breaches, then they are legally liable, but you have to trust them.
0: What kind of information goes across to them?
1: If you want to invest in ICO, usually uh, the ICOs, are, those legit ICOs, will require you to pass the KYC test. So to pass the KYC test, you have to give your passport, your identification details to, to confirm that you're a real person. Mm. And this in this data is passed from you to the, data pro, uh, the KYC uh, processor.
0: Right, okay. Okay, um... Is there anything, uh, Aziz, you want to add? What's your website again if people want more information?
1: Yeah, it's masterthecrypto.com. M E S T R, master, T H E, the crypto C R Y P T com, And you can look, there's a lot of guides and clarification on terms I think, to help you start to understand cryptos.
0: Okay, what I'm going to do, um, Aziz, is I'm going to. Stop this interview And I'm just going to do Another quick one About a particular coin People are asking about I wanted to keep that separate So I'll stop it And then we'll get back on In a few In a minute or two Is there anything You need to add Any more advice You want to give anybody or Any more tips
1: is that Have we covered everything I think I've covered Quite extensively But if you have any questions Feel free to ask Uh, Add them so that I can clarify as well In the future
0: And you're in the group as well Course reviews So you're in there If anybody has any questions they can ask them in there They can go to your website Masterthecrypto.com there's a wealth of information in there. There's your contact information on there. Or even in the group, they can just tag you in the course reviews group. And uh, thing. if things develop, we can bring you in to ask more questions at a future time. Okay, yes. I'm just going to stop this one and um, I'll come back to you.
1: Thank you, Aziz. Oh, Thank you, Thank you.
0: Thank you. Wasn't that informative. I hope that's uh, helped you guys out there. hope it's... Um, kind of like broke it down for you made you understand the whole cryptocurrency market better than before you listen to this podcast what i do try to do is just make it like clear crystal clear to people so they're not confused if you noticed, i kept asking the questions going back digging further to making sure i fully understand it and the reason i do that is sometimes i already understand the concept but I, i think where the listener the viewer may actually get more confused and it might not be clear enough so i probe back So that's why I'd go deeper with my questions for you guys to make sure you get a good understanding. Now, um, uh, Aziz has a website, masterthecrypto.com. If you want to check out more resources on there, don't forget to join our Facebook group, Course Reviews Online. Um, In Facebook, uh, we have a website, coursereviewsonline.com. There's so much on the website. I'll be sitting here for a good little while if I explained everything. I just want to give a shout out today to one of my favorite tools. And that is ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels is one of my favorite tools. And if you are interested in ClickFunnels, you can get a 14-day free trial at coursereviewsonline.com forward slash CF. coursereviewsonline.com forward slash CF. See you for the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this episode, if you to, to our podcast if you like it. More information is coming. A variety of online knowledge, variety, variety of entrepreneurial knowledge. More interviews, more questions, more information, more reviews, plenty more to come. You take care, have a great day, stay safe, stay blessed. All the best to you and your business. Adam Ali, I'm out of here.